Hey everyone, welcome to Founders 365 with me, Stephen Haggerty. Today, I am joined by Liza Horan, founder of Mindstream Connect, and joining me on this wonderful Monday afternoon. How are you today? Hi there, Stephen. Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Good. I'm glad. And uh, American accent, but living in Scotland. That's right. It seems so strange to be so far from where I was born, but to feel at home. And I exactly. actually do. I love Edinburgh. And you've moved to the place in the country with sometimes the thickest accents anyway. Just to throw <laughs> it all in the mix. I can say it's taken me a while to get my ear tuned and I haven't <laughs> I haven't gotten it all down, but so far so good. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lovely place to be in the world as well. So tell me all about you and Mindstream Connect. I know you're fairly early stages, but we can still have that conversation. Thank you. Um, yes, so um, just as a quick overview, um, my background um, is as a digital strategy and product consultant. I started out as a journalist and I got into digital media early days, 1995. I founded Tennis.com for the New York Times Company Amazing. and they called it the bleeding edge back then. So um, maybe maybe I'm giving my age away a little bit. I'm aging myself there, but um, I've always been an early adopter and really excited. So I'm, I've been in the media space. However, I also spent the first four years of my life in a house that was built on Indian burial ground, and wow. it was it was active with spirits of past Indians and okay. my um, Irish grandmother had um, psychic gifts and that sort of thing gets passed down through the family. The reason I'm telling you this is because I've always had a passion for media, specifically health and wellness media. And I've always had a passion for the mystic and the spiritual. And so why I'm sitting here today working on Mindstream is because my professional experience and my personal experience have come together. Mm. And Mindstream Ventures is the company um, that um, of which Mindstream Connect is a part. And Mindstream is all about helping people discover mind, body, spirit pathways to greater health and happiness. Now, when I say mind, body, spirit, I generally lose half the people in the room, <laughs> especially the bankers, those kind of people. Yeah, the corporate life. So, <laughs> but what I mean by mind, body, spirit is complementary and alternative therapies, mm -hmm. natural health, and spiritual growth disciplines. And this holistic wellness movement that's happening right now is very much about um, taking all of what a person is into account for their health and happiness. And that's what Mindstream is devoted to. Amazing. How did it feel when you merged those two? So the passion and that business mindset of yours and to create a company that fulfills both aspects of your life? You know, that's a great question. Thank you for asking me that. And 
I, I can tell you that when I was 14 years old, walking around the um, halls of my high school, I always had American Health Magazine amongst my books. I knew I wanted to be in journalism. I knew I wanted to be in the media. And of course, print media has become online media mm -hmm. in large part. So I knew what my vocation was, and I was absolutely fascinated with health and wellness. But I have to tell you, I have always been curious and spurred on by um, the spiritual aspects. I'm talking about science as well as I mean, regular science and physics and philosophy as well as, well as uh, metaphysics. And I pursued all of these things, you know, just in my own um, interest in reading and going to talks and things like that. And it was actually um, probably uh, 2014 when it actually came to me that I, I needed to express my, my interests, my passion, my thoughts, my thinking about all of this. I wasn't sure what form it was going to take. And, um, you know, at that time, I, I just went on a, it sounds strange, but I went on what I would look back and call a one-week personal retreat. It just means that I, I rented a cottage for a week <laughs> on a on Block Island in, in the US. It's right off the coast of Rhode Island. And um, I, I just spent the time um, walking in nature, walking the beaches, picking up sea glass, seeing seals frolicking in um, the sea. And I started writing down um, what I felt drawn to. Mm. And I can look back now at all those years and say that it's been part of my own personal journey to align my life, align my personal and professional interests into something that I um, can be my my life and my work wrapped up together. So um, I was actually living in Lin London. I got a, a job in London at a digital strategy consultancy in Shoreditch, and I'd always wanted to live in London. I mean, all my favorite bands are from this country, so um, from the British Isles. So um, when that dream finally happened, um, I, um, I, I it just it just hit me one day to kind of say, hey, digital platform to connect seekers with healers. Mm -hmm. And so that's what Mindstream is really grounded on. Um, like we said, it's it's early stages right now. Right now, it's a blog and a podcast and event listings, and we've done some events. But this is about building an independent media resource mm -hmm. to serve these two areas around mind, body, spirit, well-being. Amazing. You mentioned it uh, earlier on about the holistic space at the moment. Um, it seems that it's quite a busy space. Uh, but what I also see is that a lot of people in that space struggle with formulating the actual business and, and making it a, a really serving business. Whereas, and I, I know, I think I know why. And It'd be great to hear your view on this. I think it's because they come from that that serving background and that sort of they want to help, 
So they, it's often then struggled when you should you will you charge for that right and you you should get paid for your time and things and i always kind of I, I see a lot of people in that space and every now and then there's a big disconnect with people struggling and wanting to do it as a business versus the ones that are doing it as a business and i completely see from your background that the reason why you've got both of those heads on uh the, and the reason why it will work is because of that background but is that something you see in that space? And it'll be interesting to just hear your views on on why you think that is, if that is the case. That's a very poignant observation, Stephen. You're absolutely right, and it's a it's actually a big issue. Mm. Professionalizing services that some consider a gift that they were born with, a gift from God. Should they be charging money for that mm. exchange? And there, there are different opinions on that. But what I'd love to do is just back up for a second and give context around that. So the Global Wellness Institute is the global organization that tracks everything in the wellness industry on this planet. Mm -hmm. And they have sized the global wellness market at $4.5 trillion dollars. Wow. Okay, this is more than three times the size of the pharmaceutical industry. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really encouraging because what it's done is shown that society has shifted from reacting to disease mm -hmm. with prescriptions, for example, to actually becoming proactive about our health and wellness. And this is very positive and people are taking things into their own hands. Now, the sector that I'm focused on and where I feel the biggest growth is and where the biggest gap is, is mind, body, spirit. Mm -hmm. And the global wellness industry doesn't even track this area. The closest they get to it is the fitness slash mind, body sector, which body. is worth $600 billion dollars today mm -hmm. and it is growing like mad everything in wellness is growing like mad yeah. um, and um so i um in i for mindstream did original research to learn about the professionals oh. who are serving in this area and we talked to consumers and we talked to professionals and we found out that 85% of professionals who provide mind body spirit services are self employed mm -hmm. many of them are in their second career so maybe they were a banker first or maybe um, you know they were in some other kind of profession but they full they felt drawn to this they either did it on the side first and now it's full-time or um whatever the case may be but uh 85 percent of them are self-employed and the number one thing they struggle with is the admin around managing a business mm -hmm. They may not have the know-how, they may not have the bookkeeping and the financial and the marketing skills. All they want to do is serve. Mm. They want to serve. Now that's if, that's, that's 
the best case scenario if they know what they're charging and they're comfortable charging. But there's a large part of this um, workforce that struggles with that very question. Yeah. And to answer, um, really to explore that question, um, Mindstream organized a panel discussion last June 21st, which was National Freelancers Day. National uh-huh. Freelancers Day is, um, you know, uh, one day a year organized by an organization called IPSI. It's Independent Professionals. Uh, um, I hope I've got that right. <laughs> IPSI. They serve, um, prof- uh, um, they're the professional organization for self-employed and freelance workers. So yeah. what we did is we pulled together a panel of um independent workers whose work is creative or intuitive in nature. Mm -hmm. And we discussed the money issue and it is the number one issue because, um, sorry, the lighting's changing a little because, you know, it's always sunny in Edinburgh. It's always sunny in Edinburgh. I've heard that. I've heard that. You know, the one time I've been there when when it was snowing, apart from that, it was sunny. (laughs) You got lucky that time. Yeah. Um, And so uh, what we talk about, um, what we talked about on National Freelancers Day, and this entire conversation is a podcast on Mm -hmm. MindStreamConnect.com, and the transcript is there as well. We we talked about, um, you know, charging, setting boundaries, because any of the creative fields, whether you're a graphic designer or a psychic, for example, mm-hmm. many people think, you know, you just live and breathe this stuff. So why don't you just make a logo for me? Cause you're yeah. my friend. You know, that happens all the time in these professions that are creatively or intuitively sort of powered. And um, the discussion was fantastic um, because um, we really explored the exchange of value. Mm. And that's what it is. So when someone's coming to you, how do you package that? How do yeah. you get comfortable with that exchange of value? And the reality is money is the currency at the moment. Exactly. So money's an enabler, right? It enables you to do things. Um, but you, you brought up a really good point in terms of the creative industry as a whole, from the graphic designer to the psychic why is it do you think people outside of the creative industry have that value proposition relationship with it with a you know graphic design is a fantastic example where they you know your friend goes hey could you just make me a logo whereas if your friend owned a restaurant you wouldn't be like hey can i eat for free <laughs> that's right that's right um it's kind of interesting because uh, even though artists and designers and um all these people who are, you know, creative, intuitively led for their work, um, they, they're drawing a great deal um, from what's within. Mm. Now, they're also going to school. They're also getting trained. So when you, and they're often delivering their services in time, time slots. I'll mm-hmm. spend an hour with you here for this therapy or this holistic session. Yeah, quite transactional. Um, Yes. And um, 
It's just not getting the respect that it should. I think it's starting to. I think there's been a great um, awareness um, coming through from a lot of fantastic organizations across all sorts yeah. of creative industries. And the whole gig economy is really powering this. You it's know, completely changed, hasn't it, in the recent years? Oh, yeah. And what is really important for people to realize, the people who are buying these services, is you're not just paying for the those 60 minutes mm. or you're not just paying for this project. What you're actually paying, paying for is that professional's entire career of experience as well as what they're doing in their time yeah, for you. Exactly. And it's, it, it is a really interesting time, I think, because especially over the last, I'd say probably two years, mindfulness in general as a broad topic word has just become so much more impactful in terms of people's personal lives, corporations that are, that are you know, bringing in more mindfulness um, perks, I guess you could call it, but not really sure if that's the right word, advantages maybe. Uh, and then I think, like you said, it's it's just getting this, that relationship between the, the public, or Joe Public and the therapist or therapy healer broken down in a much more con constructed way that people understand on a normal and they're not scared by it i think that sun's really getting in your eye isn't it <laughs> yeah <laughs> i have to draw the curtain oh god no um but what i'm really interested to know is like with mindstream and yourself what's what's where do you want to go with this i know we said early stages but what's the what's the game plan with you and and the growth because it sounded like you want to have that space for the two people to connect which i think is super interesting and one that would excel uh so thank you that's actually a very big question and um you brought up a sort of mindfulness which is mm. part of culture today 10 years ago people weren't talking about that no. Um, you know, uh, we're talking about corporate wellness today. It's not just about having um, a discounted gym membership. Uh, mental health has just uh, really come out of the corners and the light has been shown on how important mental health is. So there's been a real turn in the tide today to understand that you know, when someone shows up at work, they're just not showing up as who they are on their CV. They're showing up as the whole person and they they need, they're going to thrive and that sort of thing. So I think what we used to do in the 80s and the 90s and everything before that was to just um, have our blinders on and really um, have, um, you know, uh, pillars and we segmented mm -hmm. everything and 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 we've actually become more respectful of people and ourselves to understand we've got the whole thing going on now um one of the one of the interesting things about um corporate wellness is a lot of companies are stepping up and they're putting programs in place i worked at probably one of the um top probably one of the top um, 20, if not top 10, um, you know, um, global public companies in the world, um, which I've not mentioned yet. Um, and they had a fantastic um, 
you know, corporate wellness program. And, you know, Tuesdays at three o'clock, someone would come over the loudspeaker and they would say, um, we're doing chair massage in room 301 for the next two hours. Please come by. And it was a complete joke because we were working in a 24 hour news cycle. And I would sit there and shake my head and we would all laugh like, who's got time for that? Nobody has time for that. So actually one of the opportunities in corporate wellness today is actually to engage your employees and not just mm. give them um, you know, a plaster, a Band-Aid fix-it that says, we've got all these supplemental programs for you. Let's actually sit down and talk about the stress. Let's talk about the production cycles. Let's talk about, do we need to hire some part-times? Uh, workers or do some job sharing. So I think what is starting to happen is rather than just having fitness and wellness and mental health over here, people are starting to see how society needs to integrate these things. Massive. So so when you talk about sort of what is my vision, um, I, I first of all, I, I've I have really gotten behind the phrase mind, body, spirit. Now, that term has been around an awful long time. You know, we also talk about holistic wellness and complementary alternative therapies, natural health, that sort of thing. <clears throat> but my, my um, vision for uh, mind, body, spirit, and that term has been borrowed, or let's just say, that term mind, body, spirit is actually in UK government documentation. It's not, it's not any term that's come out of the air. Governments and um, authorities within health, social care actually have mind, body, spirit in their founding documentation. I could talk about that on another, um, uh, you know, on another conversation. But my, my real vision for the, com for the company is to be a resource for, yes, individuals, seekers and healers who are providing those services, but actually to the public and the private sector as well, for people to understand that there is a movement underway in mind, body, spirit, health and wellness. And it's about understanding potential. It's about enabling people to, first of all, rise above any suffering, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, anything, to rise above that, give them the tools to rise above it, and then to flourish, to thrive. And what's so interesting about Mind, Body, Spirit, Stephen, is that we're talking about natural therapies. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about woo-woo, um, we're not talking about unsubstantiated things. We're talking about um, ancient uh, wisdom that's actually coming back now. Um, we're talking about science is actually catching up with all the complementary alternative and natural health therapies. So I am very interested in educating all sectors of uh, society about mind, body, spirit disciplines and their purpose to empower every single one of us to reach greater health and happiness. I mean, that's really what it's about because, you know, as soon as we realize our, 
our own power or the, the tools that we have, um, we're going to be more mindful. Yeah. We're going to be more kind to ourselves mm. and to others. The sickness, uh, the missed days at work are going to decrease. The violence and crimes are going to decrease. All this has been proven. I'm not I'm not making this up. All of this has been shown. You know, they have a loneliness minister in the UK. I, I have to say, I think the UK is far ahead of a lot of other countries when it comes to understanding the impact of mental health. Mm-hmm. And I think I read a, a crazy statistic that said, um, I think, um, the leading cause of death of men under the age of 50 is um, death because of depression and loneliness and suicide yeah. and you know, substance abuse and all this. You know, all those things are curable. They cost mm-hmm. us so much money to fix through the NHS and other healthcare systems. We actually have the tools amongst us, and science is absolutely dedicated to doing the research and understanding this. If I could just finish on one point about this um, great big question that you asked. (laughs) Um, In the exclusive research that Mindstream did, 70% of professionals, talking about holistic practitioners, 70% of them said mind, body, spirit therapies lack credibility. 60% of them said this field lacks visibility. Mm -hmm. 84% of them said the public needs to be educated on mind, body, spirit disciplines for greater health and happiness. And you know that the consumers echoed those numbers. So what what I'm trying to address with Mindstream is there's a absolute gap in the market for independent education, a place to bring like-minded people together, you know, both sides of the market, but also serve greater society, you know, the public and the private sector. It's just going to lift us all. This is happening right now in pockets, but there are a bunch of cottage industries that are disconnected Mm. because between work, sleep, and your online social media time, you might have three or four hours of disposable time and money to spend each week. And if you've got your local Pilates studio competing with your local aromatherapy massage person, competing with your local yoga person, you know, they're fighting each other. We we need to lift the waterline and all the boats will rise above. Mm, Love that. Love that saying, lift the waterline. And for you, you know, that's, you you just described an amazing cause and what you got, what you're looking to achieve. And one that I don't think anyone can argue with because it's such a, I, I very much think that the mindfulness and, you know, the, all of it in between, is being driven much more by the person rather than the businesses now. Uh, people are looking for different answers. People are looking for different methodologies uh, and everything else in between. I'm losing you a bit there. I can't make out everything you're saying. 
I hope we're still connected. Uh, feel free to call me if you want to continue. Okay, sorry, Stephen, go ahead. Yes, we are having technical issues right now. Uh, what I can do is I can um, answer um, one of the questions about um, what's what's happening in society and the fact that people are searching. Uh, people are searching right now. Um, in fact, uh, there's a research that's going to be coming out in about three weeks um, from the Pew Research Center in the United States showing that people are not as religious as they used to identify and practice. People aren't going to church. They're not identifying with um, the traditional wisdom faiths. Um, they're seeking their own um, solutions, their own answers. So people are searching right now for um, purpose, uh, for meaning, and some people may call this spiritual and other people um, may not call it spiritual. But mind, body, spirit um, is sort of the phrase, uh, the term that we use to mean the whole person. And one of the things that I'm seeing in the industry is that a lot of people are not using the word spirit. They're almost afraid to use the word spirit or spiritual. Um, I have posed this question um, to everybody I interview on the Mindstream podcast. And I asked them, do you believe the mind, body, and spirit are connected? If so, how? If not, why not? And we have leaders who, um, in yoga and in meditation, um, which are the two fastest growing, um, if you want to call them alternative um, or complementary complementary therapies. Acupuncture is also um, growing wildly right now. Um, and uh, people aren't using the word spirit. Uh, they're talking about mind and body connection. Even the global wellness industry uses mind body um, and groups it with fitness. So one of the things that I, I would really like to sort of put through as a challenge to the wellness fitness, the health industry, is being open to the mystery that we don't understand. What is consciousness? What is spirituality? Um, I have a lot of fun debates and serious conversations with people on all sides of the continuum. I happen to be a believer. Um, that um, there there is a higher power. I don't do I have to put a name to it? You know, I've got names for it, you know. Um, I grew up Catholic, but I have studied um, all the major world religions, and I actually believe in all of them. And I searched high and low for a specific book that compared all the major prophets because I was sure that they said the same message. And do you know that yes, they all say the same message. It's love and it's kindness. 
And um, so what I what I would like to see is rather than um, us continually um, separating the physical from the spiritual, the science from the mysterious unknown, I would like to see us have respect for both. And as I mentioned earlier, science is catching up with the metaphysical mysteries. And if anybody is interested in learning about um, some of the things that are happening there, episode five of the Mindstream podcast was released in the last couple of weeks. And in that, I actually uh, interviewed uh, Dr. Caroline Watt, who is the head of the Kessler Institute, uh, excuse me, the Kessler Unit for Parapsychology Research at the University of Edinburgh. And it's absolutely fascinating. Something that I thought was very interesting is even though the parapsychology department sits within the psychology department at the University of Edinburgh, it's the people in the physics department who are most open to the research and the findings that are coming through their laboratory research about this connection of what's happening in the mysteries of the mind. So, um, so there's, there's just so much to explore. I have an awful lot of respect for the mysterious. I have an awful lot of respect for, we don't know everything right now. And I don't believe people, well, let me rephrase that. I believe people are starting, people are beginning to allow themselves to trust their own experience. Empirical evidence. What is in our own experience has merit. Our feelings have merit. Hi, Stephen. Thanks for joining us again. Oh, Are you wow. there? Wow. I had no idea what happened there. Well, I, I, I kept talking. I hope that's all right. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love it. If you keep going, that's even better. Yeah, I, I, my whole tech just blew up on me, I think. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Thank you for carrying on. Now I, now I get to listen and hear what you said, which is even better. <laughs> well, I could just tell you that last point I was just saying is that I I have a great deal of respect as I've gotten older for what I don't know. You know, there's a quote mm -hmm. that says, you know, at 18, you think you know everything. The older yeah. that you get, the more you understand, you know, less than yes. you thought. And I think that humanity is beginning to wake up to the fact that we don't have all the answers. Western mm -hmm. medicine doesn't have all the answers. Science doesn't have all the answers yet. But what, what I'm starting to see, or I'm very optimistic, positive person. So maybe, maybe I'm not starting to see it, but I want to start seeing it. <laughs> Within my own circles, I'm seeing um, people starting to trust the empirical evidence of their own experience. So mm. what I mean is um, people are starting to acknowledge their feelings. You know, I mean, especially to be in the UK where you guys are way more reserved than Americans, you know, we, <laughs> we know how we feel and we blab it to everybody, whether they want to hear it or not. When mm. you say, oh, how are you going today? We'll actually tell you. And all you want to <laughs> 
say was, oh, just fine, right? So, um, so we, um, uh, people in the whole mental health and um, effort in the UK, like I said, is very admirable. Um, people are now putting stock in their own human experience more and more. How do I feel? What are my emotions about this? This is what meditation and mindfulness are about. Let me understand the information my body is giving me, my feelings are telling me, my mind is chattering. Let me just observe this. Let me recognize it. What can I do with this information right now? And so I think more and more what we need to do is stop denying ourselves, understand what this magnificent machinery we've been given is telling us and realizing we may not understand it all. Mm. And I even have skeptics um, that I talk to. I, ha I have, you know, great conversations and debates and I, I love it, you know, and, and we're all right in some, you know, in some capacity. I'm even part of a meetup group that um, is going on here in Edinburgh. It's suspended at the moment. Um, it's called the Debate Cafe. And uh, Dell, who's the head of that, um, he 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 can argue any uh, point from any angle. We have talked about free will. We've talked about capitalism. We've talked about activism, and I love um, hearing all sorts of points of view. But but two of the skeptics who were sitting around the table in the free will uh, sort of versus destiny conversation actually admitted. Uh, that they do pay attention to their own empirical evidence. You know, when one of um, the gentleman's father passed away, he said he had been at the phone on the phone on a phone call with somebody, a landline, and the phone cut out. Let's say it was three twenty in the afternoon, mm -hmm. and he couldn't understand why the phone went dead. That never happened. And um, later, later on, he found out his father had passed and the time of death was the moment the phone wow. went dead. Now, this is a skeptic telling me this. Mm. And, um, and these two gentlemen were probably uh, ar around uh, their late 60s and 70s. And they were very sort of hardcore skeptic. And I was the person that was like pushing the conversation in the other <laughs> way. I would love to talk about free will and destiny because they do co coexist. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I'm finding that people are starting because of all this mental health talk and mm. uh, mindfulness movement, people are starting to respect what their own experience. And once they do that, they may be open to understanding maybe consciousness is this thing. Do yeah. I have a soul? How come I have ESP? I was thinking of that person I haven't talked to in five years. And I was thinking of them when I woke up and they called me this afternoon. You know, this happens. This is part of the human experience. Mm. So, so I just, um, it's a very exciting time for all of this because it's happening on a mass exactly. level. And the reason the company is called Mindstream is because I'm working to bring mind, body, spirit into the mainstream. Make it, it easy for people. And you, you are going to succeed. I have no doubt in that. It's uh, <laughs> it's so exciting. Listen, I would love to chat 
I feel like we could chat for hours um, and I'd definitely love to get you back on in the future as well when Mindstream is a little bit further on, just see how everything's going with that. Uh, but in the meantime, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, speak to you directly, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, thank you for asking. The first thing is to go to mindstreamconnect.com and you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And I'm Liza at mindstreamventures.com. That's L-I-Z-A. The, the good way to spell it, the fun way to spell it. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Liza, thank, thank you. you so much for coming on Founders 365 and filling in for me when uh, I completely just vanished from my own <laughs> podcast. So, hey, this is the fun of it. It's great. Thank you, Stephen, so much for the opportunity. And it's so easy to talk to you. And I really appreciate what you're doing, bringing founder stories to life, because we can we can all learn from each other. And it's great. Exactly. Thank you. No, thank you so much for being on. And thanks, everyone, for listening and watching this has been Founders 365.